0: Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace.
1: Why don't you put your hands together for God? Now, I need my people to understand that praise shifts atmospheres. I need about 15 of y'all they understand the atmospheric transformation that the fruit of your lips can do to an atmosphere. You're not just rebranding an emblem. We're rebranding the atmosphere. Oh, come on, come on, come on, I should have to push you. Rebrand the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Be to God. Let's give God one last hand praise as we dive in. Yeah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. How many of you glad to be here today? Well, I greet you in the name of his imperial majesty. His holiness. Uh, the emperor himself, who dwells in eternal hypostasis, that sits at the right hand of power. In heaven, where the train of his robe fills the temple, he has a tattoo on his thigh that only him and the Father know. And he sits there crowned in glorious Shekinah. Paul says he dwells in unapproachable light. I greet you in his name, Yeshua Hamashiach. We in this Western Hemisphere know him as Jesus Christ. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. God is wonderful, and He is worthy to be praised. And I'm here with my beautiful wife. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> We've been married. We just celebrated last December 25 years of marriage. Ah yeah 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 yeah. Amen, and then I'm here with my almost 21-year-old son. Yes, he finna be 21. Got facial hair and everything, tripping me out. And so it's a blessing to be here with some of my family. Um, And I am excited and honored to celebrate with you all on seven years. And I can't tell you how proud I am of uh, Pastor Brandon and Lady Ty, I'll tell you right now. Amen. My wife and I are very proud of them. Um, you know, in, 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 in 1 John, it talks about, uh, well, actually, Third John, it says, nothing brings you more joy than to see your children walking in truth. And um, it's nothing like raising children, you feel like, in a, in a way, I mean, they had past places, but um, being a part of their process, a little bit part of their process, and watch them continue to walk in truth and to live for God I'm telling you right now that is a rarity in this day but it's a beautiful thing to see um, God's grace on a planting in a place because you can't just come to East Coast anywhere up DC to Boston you just can't come in there just talking about you starting a church so you better know God told you and so we're thankful that it's apparent that God told you so let's give God a hand praise for them And praise team, and oh girl, you said that. You, you're a wild girl, you know that, right? You're a wild girl. And the praise, let's give God a hand uh, to our sister, Sister Figueroa, and also the band. I hear y'all over there up in the cut. I hear the bouncing down, down, down. I hear all of it. And it is beautiful in here. I also want to thank the unseen people, uh, people that do things that you don't see. Um, because, because um, uh, um, thank all of you who are behind curtains and in closets and setting up and sweeping up and grabbing communion cups after people done sipped their lips all on it. Thank y'all for what y'all do. Um, Camera people that you got to stand up the whole time and he move real slow. We don't know what your body got to go through to do what you're doing. Come on, move with me, brother. Let's move together. Let's move with me, brother. We moving together. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So we thank the Lord. For everyone, well, I believe the Lord has a word for the house. Please start that clock over for me. Um, Yeah, because we're going to use all this time. Um, And so (laughs) turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to go from verses 13 to 20. You can start it at 40 once I finish reading the book. Uh Uh-huh. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. And the gracious media team will have this up on the screen as well. Let's give God a hand praise for the media team. <laughs> Amen. All right. Um, verse 13 reads like this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father in heaven, and I say, I also say to you, that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you, the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will have been, key tense, bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, somebody say loose, on earth will have been loosed in heaven. I believe the Lord, the, the, the Lord has given a word for the house and the word for the house today for Epiphany Brooklyn on this seventh year, March twenty-six. 2023 is taking new territory. <laughs> taking new territory. Father, um, we praise you and honor you that there is nothing on Earth that you don't own. And Lord, you are doing a work in this season in a way that I think that's unprecedented when it comes to gospel mission and representation of your people. Of you. And so, in light of that, uh, this is one of your outposts, your embassies on planet Earth. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would flow in this place and let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our Redeemer in whom we trust. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would be glorified, the saints would be edified, and your enemies would be horrified. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everybody agree with that said? You may be seated if you can. Taking new territory. Um, And a guy was in a small village many, 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 many years ago um, before civilization had become as massive and global as it has become. And all of his life was lived in this village. I mean, his family was there. His history was there, his upbringing was there, um, his work was there, his entire life was there. Um, but, but, but as he began to realize, they didn't. N- nobody in his village really went two miles past the village limits. And so over time, he began asking, why, why doesn't anybody go beyond the limits? And they said, no, nah, it's not forbidden. We just don't do that. We, we got everything we need here. And so he he began taking his time over time and and, and taking a few inches past the, the 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 two mile radius, and then he went uh to feet and then he went to yards and then he began getting this inkling in him that there was more out there than what he had experienced his whole life and so finally he began to talk about wanting to leave more and wanting to explore more and find new territory and new destinations, but um, people around him, they were so used to what they were used to, it became a threat to them for him to go ahead and transition into another place and position. But what's great about God... You could take You good, you good, you good, you good. And so, thank you though. And so in this, in, this, in, in this situation, he began to compile his stuff, and as he began to compile his stuff, he began to say, i'm chucking the deuces and so a few of the people that had heard about him wanting to do this wanted to go with him because all of his life he he only heard about the territory that he was in but something was in him that said that there's more out here to be taken than what i've experienced many of you right now you 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 you, you're, you're in a place where, 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 where you, you may be realizing that and you're fearful of what God may have for you. But I believe in the house today and for this ministry is that this is not some, some fake prophetic utterance. This is an exegetical, expositional, and existential reality that Epiphany Brooklyn, God is about to take you into some new territory. He's going to take you to some new territory in in, in, as a church on mission in the city but he's also going to have to do some things in the church so that you're ready for what God wants you to do through the church but also the new territory in your life and so I believe that God is up to a lot of things right now in distilling the church down to a remnant somebody say remnant God is distilling the church down to remnant A remnant, and I think three, several things have happened Uh, in these times that we're in. We've we've been a bad witness as the church. We 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 haven't been the best witnesses as the church. We got so many social media pages that make fun of the church. Church mothers' wigs falling off, pastors cussing in the pulpit, all different types of things. We we got we got all of these laughing websites, and we're reposting laughing websites. And, and then we ask people to come to church with us. Why would they take a place series that makes fun of its own self? And so the church has been branded as judgmental, hateful, hypocritical, whoremonglers. And so God is in a place where he's ready to remove, somebody say remove, that which doesn't help. The branding of the church to go well. So I believe God is doing specific things based on Revelation 2. When, when, when the church at Ephesus lost, it was in danger of leave, losing its first love, God wanted to do some work in the church. And one of the things that he does, that God does when he wants to work on something based on John 15, it, he said, Every branch in me that bears fruit, I prune it in order that it may bear more fruit. I believe uh, 2020 and 2021 was a pruning season for the church. And I believe God was pruning away several things. Number one, he was pruning church membership. Stay with me. He's pruning church membership. God is tired of a lack of seriousness in the body of Christ. In other words, people come to church to hear a word, not to be a word. Help me today. Uh, 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 they, they, they want to come experience the worship but don't want to be a worshiper and so God is not just providing an experience for you to be in he wants you to provide experience for others and so God, what God is doing and, and we're getting to this text it's very important for what we're talking about and so what God wants to do is God wants a real people when I say real people I ain't talking about keep it real and all. I ain't talking about that you feel me? Because most people that talk about keeping it real ain't real at all. But but not only, not only pruning church membership, he's also pruning leadership. Because we got some pimps and some punk jokers. Help me to stay in godly English, Jesus. That have been fleecing and flossing and feeling on the flock. And God is sick of the shenanigans. Of wolves and then many of you under the sound of my voice are sick of wolves you know this is how this this is why God is sick of wolves because I was in the corner store one day across the street from my church and um when we went to I went I went in there and you know this uh, about about man 15 years ago I had on some butter tams you feel me I had on some uh, some slightly baggy you know I'm too old for all that full baggy but you know Some Slightly Baggy, and then I had on a a nice little, a nice, I don't even know, I don't know if it's Pele, Pele, it was a while ago, so you know, Fat Farm or something. And I had that on, right? And I'm standing there, some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, see? Um, Carl Kanai, y'all don't know nothing about that. And so I'm standing up there posted up. That's when I was, that's when I still had the, the block a little bit on me. So you know I'm standing like this, you feel me? Ordering something at the counter, leaning up on the jaw like this. And, uh, and somebody walked in and said, somebody walked in, Pastor E! All the dudes in the thing look like this. Um, because, because in other words, I, you know, I, I don't like when people acknowledge me as pastor in public because I want them to get to know me before they call me pastor because of how pastors have been branded. But, but I'm hoping that God would rebrand the church so that when church is brought up, when pastors are brought up, when Christianity is brought up, a positive vibe, if you want, begins to come up, a hopeful disposition begins to come up because now they see us a beacon of life versus a meandering of mess. And he's also removing local church lampstands. What is he doing? He's taking churches fully out of existence who have refused to be Biblical outposts of the kingdom, and so, in saying that, we come to a passage where Jesus is uh, one of the most famous passages in the Bible. Because besides its usage in the Septuagint in the Old Testament, in the book of the De- Deuteronomy, the word ecclesia is used for the first time. The word ecclesia was used in this passage to describe what it would look like for the people of God of all time to be under a particular umbrella. And so Jesus is now out here in these streets with the disciples. Which brings me to my first of two points. If you're going to take new territory, number one, you must be clear on who Jesus is. You can't take new territory until you are clear. Somebody say clear. Clear on who Jesus. He said. He says when Jesus came uh, to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, "Who do people say that I am?" Now, Jesus asked this question. I'm willing to answer it. You know, like 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 when you know, uh, you know, I, I love my wife. I'm teasing my wife a little bit. So when we when we go to a to, to a store to, to to get clothes, or we didn't go there for that, but we end up she's in the dressing room. You know how sisters do. Y'all end up in the dressing room texting us, come here, right? <laughs> or a picture in the mirror, you know, looking like this, you know. And, um, and, and, and so she, she sent me a picture. And then she's asking me, how does this look on me? Now, men, let me help you. It's off subject, but on. If it doesn't look the best for her, you got to do this. You got to say, the stylist didn't think well when they made that. You won that day. Right? I can't say anything that makes her feel insecure. Right? Jesus is asking this question, not afraid of the smoke of perception. When he say, who do men say that I am? Jesus isn't asking out of a disposition of insecurity he's really asking their perception of what they're hearing about what people are saying about him that's very important in our culture because everybody has a perception of Jesus in our culture everybody got I I don't know any I don't I don't know anybody every Christian we ain't got a perception of Muhammad that's no hate on Muslims we ain't in here talking about Elijah Muhammad we ain't in here talking about Joseph Smith You feel me? We're not in here talking about Confucius. We we don't talk about, but everybody of every faith and non-faith has an opinion on Jesus Christ. I mean, you got people, he was a good man. You know, a good example, even though most of them didn't read the Bible to know that he was a good example, right? He's a prophet. He's a revolutionary. He's countercultural or he's love. And, And one of the things people like to do is reduce Jesus to their preferred version of him. Stay with me. Say, say with me. In, in other words, re- reductionism is saying, I, I, I what I want to do is I want to edit what I don't like, but I want to emphasize what I do like. But I, but, but I want to listen to a, a a a modern day poet named Shobaraka in his song called Maybe Both. He says, what's your standard? What's your stand? What's your views? What gives you to write to think the way that you do? Is it school? Is it news? Is it man's wisdom? Is it religion? Why listen when you can make your own decisions. It's funny how people see the Lord. Some see him as a pacifist. Some see him with a sword. The Lord who hated sin, showed grace to the thief. Saved the lonely prostitute from being stoned in the street. He was holy, but he hung with the sinful, drove out the wicked by flipping over tables in the temple. He took a wrongful death, yet he remained silent, but he said he's coming back and he is bringing violence, making people isolate him just to make him fit their cause, never too involved in the greater context at all. So are there two Christ totally unrelated, or maybe there is one and he's pretty complicated. You, you, you serve a complicated God. Why is he complicated? He's 100% God. 100% man. United in one person. Unmixed natures forever. Let me say it again. Because y'all looking at me funny. He's 200%. In my, I'm from D.C. We say 100 and 100. You feel me? He, he, he's 100% God. 100% man. So that means whatever makes God God, he is. Whatever makes man man without sin, he is. So 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 he can get weak in this humanity. Uh, uh he could sweat in this humanity. He needed sleep in his humanity. Uh uh, uh, uh and he he, uh, he had to eat, he had to say, he had to wipe his eyes, he had to wash his face, he had to clean himself. But over here in his deity, he's grace. He's mercy. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's justice, and he's spirit. In other words, but, 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 but he stuffed all of that glorious, unapproachable light into a Shekinah suit. And so when we talk about our Jesus, he's pretty complicated. I mean, we live in a world. Stay with me. This is very important. You know, we got stuff like Christianity is the white man's religion. I've I, I never seen anybody work against a faith like they work against the Christian faith. So much work. I mean, you got people saying that Jesus Christ is a copy of Egyptian stuff. All of these different things they work hard for. But the question is not what the culture calls him, but who do you call him? Now listen to me. Not who is he to you. No. 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 Jesus isn't the drawing you get to make in children's ministry in coloring room class. He tells you who he is. You don't tell him who he is. And so, and, so, and, so, and so when we look at this passage, and Jesus says this, he's wanting to know if his people value him. I, 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 used, to, I used to like to watch a show when it was coming on, uh, 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 P-A-W-N stars, Pawn. I just wanted to make sure y'all knew the pastor was looking at the right show for so y'all to be like, what the heck? I, I, I like Pawn Stars, it's about, about the guys who uh, uh, bring, people bring stuff in and, and, and they want to pawn stuff in, in Las Vegas, nice stuff, right? So, so this dude comes in with, some, with a Viking, some Viking things. And he came and he says, oh, what do you want from him? He said $1,000 $1, or $1,500. When he said $1,000 to $1,500, it's interesting. Um, he said, I don't really know what these are worth. Um, but he said, what, what, what I'll do is I'll bring in an expert that can tell us what the value of this is. The expert comes in, he said, this piece is worth $250. This is not worth anything. He said, ah, but this piece, this is worth between eight and $10,000. And so the guy was like, okay. And then he was like, um, so how much you want to spend this for? Right? He said, you want to get that $1,500? He said, no, 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 no. Why? Because he didn't know what he had and how valuable it was. He was willing to sell it for a low price. But when he understood its value, when he understood its value, he now understood that I have to have put on this the value that's actually in it. People of God, under the sound of my voice, do you have a proper valuation of Jesus? There's a necessity for Particularly in this season where everything is working, listen, against a proper valuation of Jesus Christ. But the people that have to have, help me Holy Spirit, that have the proper valuation must be you because many of you are in spaces, in places in the marketplace. As artists, as business people, as people in the market who are in a culture where you kind of got to be a secret agent Christian. Oh, y'all ain't talking back to me. In other words, because if you come in with real Christianity, fundamentally, they're going to think you're an evangelical fundamentalist on the right wing that's against everything. And so what we have to do is we have to know, say that's bastardized Christianity. Oh, ain't nobody talking back. But we want biblical Christianity. And and so now we're having to, as we rebrand this, Now we're not saying go to work and beat everybody over the head, but the question is, are we representing what should be properly presented? And so look here in verse 15, it says, it says, but you, he asks, Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter, you know, he usually puts his foot in his mouth, you know, always running his mouth and bumping his gums. But he says, You are the Messiah. The son of the living God. Now this is powerful. Because Jesus says after, he'll say something after this, but what you're going to realize is that it took supernatural help for him to recognize and properly present Jesus Christ. Second point, because we're going to dig into this. We must see ourselves as beacons of God's spiritual authority on earth. We must see ourselves as beacons, listen, of God's spiritual authority on earth. Verse 17, Peter confesses Jesus. In verse 17, and verse 16, he does that. Then 17, Jesus responded. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Let me explain something to you, family. It takes the Holy Ghost to know who Jesus is. Some of y'all, how, Pastor? It, it, listen, to tell somebody somebody came two thousand years ago and God became human and died on the cross and that counted as salvation for them is doesn't make sense. So they need some type of supernatural help to handcuff their souls to His holiness. Let me tell you what God invested in you believing. But now uh, Christ's death is sufficient, but it but, but 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 our disposition towards it needs to be helped by someone, something in some place. And so how did this confession happen? The Bible says that no one confesses Jesus without the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter twelve verse three. Please stay with me. But but not only that, it says. But but how can you confess them? Basically, because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter four verses two and three that the minds of this the the the, the God of this world has blinded our minds from being able to see the gospel of peace but the Bible also says uh, 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 that, 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 that nobody does well and, and on our best day our righteousness as filthy rags in other words we're sinful so if we're sinful how will we even be convicted of the truth of the fact that we need him and to be able to see the gospel and to be able to confess him as savior well the spirit of God has to come in and what he has to do family is do something in particular the Bible says also in Romans twelve three that he gives us faith so you don't even have the faith You don't have the sight, you don't have the heart, and you don't have the confession. So you need somebody's help to give you all of that. So the Bible says in Ezekiel 36 verses 25 through 27 that I will sprinkle you clean with water. And I will take the heart of stone out of your chest and I will put a heart of flesh in it so that you can feel me and understand me Ecclesiastes chapter 3 around the 10th verse said he has placed eternity in their hearts in order that they may know that there's something bigger out there so everybody got a God-sized hole in their heart to understand that I, there's something beyond the reality of this planet that is out there in order for me to know so what the Holy Spirit does is he uses that he gives you a new heart he takes the blinders off your eyes gives you faith and then confesses Jesus through you. Why is that important? Because taking new territory, and we'll come back to this in a second, means you have to be the first territory taken first. You can't take a territory you haven't been changed by yourself. Stay with me. Stay with me. And so he he says, Jesus goes down and he communicates that, and this this is the meat and potatoes here. He says, and I say, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it or withstand it. It's interesting. This passage is really a loaded passage. Now, you have to understand, Jesus is telling the disciples upon this rock, and the question is, what is the rock? Very good question. The Catholic Church believes it's Peter, and apostolic succession. Um, The Western Church tends to believe it's Jesus. And of course, Jesus is true. And of course, here, Peter's name means Petros, which means pebble. But but, but there's more going on in this passage than meets the eye. If you remember in verse 1, it said that they were in Caesarea Philippi. Now, if you know anything about Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Philippi was not Jewish territory. It was Gentile territory. Meaning, listen, that he could have made this statement in Jerusalem at the temple. He could have made this statement in Galilee or Bethlehem when he was born, but he did not make it in sacred territory. He made it this profession and communication in non-sacred territory. Now, the question on the floor is, why would he make this in this territory like this, uncharted territory. Because back in Genesis 3, the sons of God pierced the spirit realm at this location called Mount Heron, And when they pierced that location, they had lust in their eyes for the daughters of men. And they slept with them, and that's where the giant clans came from. When they died, that's where some demons came from. Some of them are put in chains. Now, why is this important? Because this was where pagan worship in their culture took place. So why would Jesus literally here, was believed by people in that culture that Satan's realm was at that mountain. Why is this important? Because God is saying, I don't want the church to be built where it's safe. I want the church to be built in the epicenter of demonic degradation. Epiphany Brooklyn you are not called to just stay in these walls you're called into culture you're called to use your creativity in darkness so that when you flick the match of your voice or your pen that's that that a spark comes on and lights up that darkness When you're a writer, you begin writing on the lines. You begin to highlight the realities of Jesus in culture. The producers and directors behind those scaffolds and screens, you're there to be a light for the Lord Jesus Christ. Your entrepreneurialism is not for you just to build a business and build generational wealth, but it's for you to build treasures also in heaven. But first... But first, this is what the Lord says. He has to deal with you. Because whenever, many of you may not have been in the faith long enough to know this. But whenever you are walking with God well and going into broken, demonic, forced environments, the enemy ain't happy. So guess what the enemy likes to do? The enemy doesn't like that. Listen, it's just like this man. Listen, if you go in a cave and a bunch of bats is in there and you stomp, them bats gonna come all over the place and they may even bite you because they're afraid of you coming into their space. The enemy is afraid of you coming into his space, but what the enemy does is he shows his fear by warfare. When you're under attack, It's not because the devil is confident. It's because he's afraid. But many of us end up getting fearful. Now, what's going to happen is the enemy is a master psychologist. So he has assigned imps to study you. He know what kind of chest you like. He know what kind of stomach you like. He know what kind of cat, he know what, see, he's not going to come with a pitchfork. He's going to come on with a tailored suit. He's going to come to you uh, on a beach in Saint-Tropez. Help me today. Sitting, sipping something nice under the sun, oiled down. Oh, ain't nobody talking back to me. I ain't got a real church in here because the enemy is fearful of you and he studied what you like. He's going to give you the behind it and the breast stations that you like. But if, 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 you're not, if you're not on your game, you'll get gamed on you. And guess what God wants to do with you? God wants you, hear me today. He, he has some territory in the hearts of the Epiphany Brooklynites to get to. Listen to me. He wants to get to it and it's not, it's it's for the church and it is for the specific assignments that he has on your life. And what he's doing is he keeps a stout list of what you like. And what he does is when he knows that you're coming in territory that is against his territory because of what you bring, he pulls out his Rolodex and has a meeting about you. I'm telling you right now on this 7th anniversary, the devil is meeting about Epiphany, Brooklyn. Because he can tell, he knows the presence of God because he was a cherubim and he was one of the ones that was in the throne room covering his face before he fell. So he knows the presence of God. And so when you worship and lift up your hands, it also pushes him back, but it also puts you on notice. And so God, this is what God spoke to me about you. Most of you in the room have places in your life that you haven't given to God. I know that sounds like something general. But what he wants to do, he wants to unleash Epiphany Brooklyn, but he has to unleash what you won't let go. The Bible says that God wants truth in the inner parts that's what david said when david dealt with his sin he said you want truth in the secret places let me see if i can make it plain when we first bought our building we owned a four-story warehouse in north philly and when we were taking over that facility hear me um we got an exterminator because it was everything in there we had bats we had roaches rats i mean it was colonies of disturbance in the force in our building. And I asked an exterminator to come. And when we asked the exterminator to come, the exterminator looked around the building, and we opened one thing, and all you heard, just <laughs> stuff in there. And he looked around all of the building, and he noticed that there were some locked places. When he saw those locked places, he said, Pastor, I need you to open this one up. And I I was like, okay, we'll open it up. And I said, he kept telling me, open this one up, open this one up, open this one up. Some of the things we had the key to and some of the things we didn't because it was locked by someone else and they did something with the key. What had to happen was, I I don't know where the keys are. He said, well, we're going to have to break the door off. I said, why are you having us go through all of this, destroying our building? He says, let me explain something to you, Pastor. He said, if I clean most of the building, but other parts are still closed up. When those doors finally get open, it'll reinfest everything that I've cleaned up and will make cleaning up worse than it was before. So pastor, I need you to be humble with this. Show me everything you got. Show me every unopened door in this building because I want to clean. My job is to clean for you. My job is to exterminate every foul thing in this house so that this house can be the house that it needs to be used for, and I got a reputation to keep as an inspector. I'm used to cleaning stuff fully, not partially. I don't know who that word was for today, but some of you have some places in your life today that God is saying it's time to open it up. Some of you have been molested and you lock the door. Uh, some of you have been raped and you close the door. Some of you have trauma upon trauma and you know how to make your life look like it's all right, but really, if your social media was a reflection of the locks that are on your life, it would be a different follower list. Listen to me today, I'm not trying to shout you. This is serious business. I, I want us to take this part seriously. I'm gonna c- call you up in a second, but I wanna finish this part because this is so important. It says here, he wants to build his church. Please hear me. But not only that, he begins to go down and he says the gates of hell won't overpower it but then he says in verse 19 and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will have been will have been means it was already done you're just announcing it you're not in all you're doing is invoking in the earth realm with God has already legislated in the spiritual realm. But in order to bind and loose on the outside of you, there has to be some binding and loosing on the inside of you. How do I know it's already done? Because the Bible, in you, how do I know it's already done? Give me some Bible, Pastor. If any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In other words, you're unlocking these doors... Because God has already declared and decreed that you're free. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So you're already free, but you're identified by your bondage. So God is saying, I'm ready to come in today. Today is the day, y'all. Today is the day before the Lord where you got to get tired and sick and tired of being sick and tired. You got to get tired of being phony. You got to get tired of being bound. Because God is wanting men and women in the church to stop allowing the church. One of the things, oh, thank you, spirit of God. One of the things that happens whenever God is trying to ransack your life for good becomes disunity in the church and I want you to be very very careful of when God starts working on you you sow discord because you didn't like the rebuke some of you have so much trauma hear me that instead of when someone challenges you instead of changing you get wounded Help me today. No matter how much love they say it with, they can take you out to dinner to a lobster meal, give you a new outfit and put money in your cash app account and rebuke you and you will act like somebody just disturbed your entire life. But one of the things I want to speak over this generation is the spirit of repentance. The spirit of the ability because you can't grow without change. You can't go where God wants you to go until you are able to convince. The Bible says he or she who confesses and forsakes a matter finds favor. There's favor waiting on you, but you got to stop being stubborn. Father, I pray a loose anointing in this place. I I pray that you would unlock by your spirit. Get them up, God, in Jesus' name. To unlock those areas that are trapped by the enemy. In the mighty name of... I come against parental impact. In, oh, I come against you right now. I come against you dating. In the name of Jesus for identity. In the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit over black women. A feeling. Worthless. In Jesus' name, because there are more women than men, and they're wondering whether or not they'll ever get married. God, I come against that being identity. I come against over the men right now, the spirit of passivity. I come, over every man in the church. I come against it in Jesus' mighty name and rebuke it. Oh God. I pray that the men right now in Jesus' name will begin to walk as ferocious warriors for Jesus' name. Oh, we got the warrior women, God, but we need some warrior men. I pray over this church, 50% men. I pray over this church, men. One of the things the Lord said at the first service so people got to understand, women can get a man to church, but not stay at the church. Because most men that you have to bring to church just wants to sleep with you, n- not be with you. Large outreaches, hear me, large outreaches don't reach men. Men relationally reach men. So it needs patient, locked-in soldiers who ain't scared of nobody and that's willing to be committed to be vested here. And so I'm praying over this church, the spirit of stability. The spirit of stability in the midst of transiency. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Savior. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Savior. And you need... Listen he wants you to put your confidence in him and only your confidence in him can take you from spiritual death to spiritual life yes you trust that he died on the cross for your sins got up from the grave you're the first territory he wants to take because one day there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth and all territories in the universe will be transformed the ones that aren't transformed fully will be placed in the lake of fire. But those who are transformed, the second death has no power. If you're here today and you want to say yes to Jesus, hold your hand in the air. We love to talk to you about Jesus. I see that hand way up in the air. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see another hand right here. I see another hand right here. Anybody else? Hold those hands up so the team can see it. Make sure somebody grabs them. Anybody else? Anybody else? It says, I want to say yes to Yeshua today. Greatest decision that you can make is to place your confidence in Jesus Christ. Not the one in the stained glass window, not the one in the picture frame, and not the one on the TV show, but the one who sits high and looks low. Amen. Now, for those who God hit you today, he told you, some of you know specifically the territory. That God wants to take. I'm not, I don't do pump and prime. I'll, I'll be 50 in a few months. I don't do pump and priming. I'm over that. I, I want people to hit the edges of this that know God. Talk to them about territory. Just come around the edges. Because God wants to. God wants to give you new territory. But he wants to deal with the territory in you. The territory in you. The most important territory. The most important territory in this in, in the world is the territory of your soul. That means the most to God. The territory of your soul. I'll wait for you. I see y'all coming. We'll wait for you. One of the things I want to encourage you with, if you if you struggling with it, He's talking to you. That, that's, that's called the Holy Spirit. I see you coming. We're going to wait for you. I see you coming. Thank you for standing where you are. I see you coming. We're going to wait for you too. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your willingness. I see you coming. We're going to wait for you. I see you coming. Come on. New territory. New territory. I see you coming. Thank you for getting up. It's not too late. Thank you. We'll give you another minute. We'll give you another minute. Territory. Territory. New territory. Father, it's interesting. Lift your hands. Lord, it's interesting that we're talking about new territory when old territories haven't been dealt with yet. God, I just sense by your Spirit that you want to change those closed-off places to function as the new territories that they were called to exist as. I speak over every person in this place, a spirit of boldness and strength Oh, I sent some places that are even hard to look at. God, let them know that when the door gets unlocked, you're already in there. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your perfect love would cast out all fear. God is such a perfect friend. He's not that friend, He's not that person that comes out of your house and your house is a mess. And you got to come outside the door and stand in front of it because you don't want them to see your mess. God is the friend that when he knocks at the door, that you can just open the door for him to fully come in. Because he won't judge your mess. He will pick up the cleaner and help you clean up your mess. God, I pray over them a spirit of trust towards you. I pray that you would show them that you're not who hurt them. I just hear the word trust. Trust me. 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 And God, I pray. I know this is an altar call, and you keep your head bowed. But I want to tell you this as I close: the altar call is the place. Is not the place of full deliverance the altar call lets you know where the deliverance needs to take place but after this some of y'all are gonna have to go to some family members and some people and some of y'all are gonna have to go to therapy specifically about it and some of you are up here and really you may not even know what it is but let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, look at me real quick. Let me explain to you something. Deliverance is an event and a process. Your deliverance is already done, but deliverance takes work. And so I'm praying today that as we end this portion of the service, I give it over to Pastor Brandon, that you see this, because I don't want you mad at God because two months later you're feeling like it hasn't gone away no this was the acknowledgement point now post this is the process so that means you need to keep several things in place prayer or put it in place getting in the word trying to get in tight-knit community not distancing yourself from your places of help and getting some therapy when needed father god we thank you father god we bless you in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Let's take some new territory, family. Amen.
0: Hey man, you may be seated. As you're clapping, can we thank God for such a profound word, such a prophetic word, such an on-time word? A couple things real quick, a couple things that, that, that Dr. Mason said that I just want to kind of reiterate. He said, in order to take new territory, you must be clear on who Jesus is talked about the the contexts in which we dwell and live and work and how we should be beacons of light he also said we must see ourselves as the beacons of God's spiritual authority on earth and I know many of us don't feel like that we, we leave that spiritual stuff to the leaders of the church but one of the things I love that dr. Mason did was he pastored us today to know that every single one of us that have professed faith in Jesus Christ have a responsibility to be on mission. As he talked, as he closed and talked about the gates of hell and how Jesus built his church, come on up worship team, how Jesus built his church is important that we understand that the foundation of that is the work that he has done on the cross. Our communion, our our, our welcome team is coming around with communion. Communion is the time that we get to celebrate what Jesus Christ has done on the cross over 2,000 years ago. By the shedding of his blood and the, and the tearing of his flesh, it is what purchased our salvation. In a few weeks, we'll celebrate the resurrection of Christ, which is simply the proof that what he did on the cross actually worked. Yeah. And so if you've trusted in Jesus, we ask that you would take one of these symbols. It's not the real thing. It's the symbol of what Jesus has done on the cross. If you haven't trusted in Jesus, we ask that you let this pass simply because we want you to take the real thing today. We want you to take Jesus and not a symbol. Um, and I just want to say this real quickly. If you've given your life to the Lord, Yolanda, stand up for me real quick. This is Yolanda over here in the green. Please see her because we have some really, really clear next steps. You know, God never calls us and saves us to be isolated. He saves us and the Bible says he baptizes us into a body. So now there's a part, there's a community that has to happen in form. So we have some very clear next steps, nothing deep, nothing, nothing spooky, just some very clear next steps for you. As community, the community team is coming around, let's worship together. It's. I know the hour, what they used to say, the hour is far spent, but it's anniversary. So let, let's, let's worship together and then we'll take communion and then I'll let you guys go.